The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. Yeah, here we go. A beautiful Sunday morning, the first weekend in May. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Good morning, Southwest Florida. Got a busy half hour. Here's what's coming up. Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management, Naples. We're going to have an edition of Ask Annex. More details about donor advice funds. Know the difference. That is a webinar that's coming up on Wednesday. We want you to know about this. It's going to happen in the morning. Details on that. My name is Danny Clayton. Good morning, Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer. Good morning, Danny. And good morning, Dan Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Hi, good morning, Danny. So, Derek, here we are again with a yet another tumultuous week, and yet the fear and greed indicator moved up, indicating a higher amount of greed in the market than last week. So, yeah, well, obviously, we started earnings season. Please recap our week and where we're trading now. Well, um, the S&P 500 now up six months in a row, up 5% for the month, so a solid uh, period of performance. So you'd expect the greed indicator to be somewhat elevated uh, given those types of returns. But during the week, it was pretty choppy, and there was lots of news that we'll cover in the, in the next few minutes. Uh, but the main event I would talk about primarily is earnings. And earnings so far this earnings season have been fantastic. We've got 88% beat rates. Uh, the beat rates are bigger than average by a mile. Uh, so analysts have been very slow to incorporate the improvement in the economy and corporate profits that we've seen. But we kind of had a perfect storm for strong economic data. Well, we have. I mean, it's it's. I don't know if I'd call it a storm. I'd just call it a, a basically a route. We All had right. a really good consumer confidence yeah. number. Uh, we saw the PMI above 70 for the first time that I can recall. I will caution investors, though, that high PMIs typically lead to inferior stock market returns going forward because that economic improvement is often discounted. Okay, so, and we had personal income recorded like the largest ever. Yeah, we've <laughs> talked about this too. Um, Dave and I last week were talking about household income and the effect, then the impact of the wealth effect. And mm-hmm. you know, with rising stock prices, home equity values near all-time highs, household net worth is off the charts. So, you know, what many people are seeing as a potential boom seems likely to occur as pent-up demand ensues and people travel and go back to restaurants and bars and and spend on things that they weren't able to spend on while they were shackled at home. So uh, people are going out and spending. Obviously, that's really good. But do you think a little bit fear of missing out that FOMA is driving this boom, too? I mean, the numbers do seem, again, to be supporting the market. I, I think there's always that element, you know, fear of missing out. Uh, you know, and there's also the, the there's the no alternative argument. Also, mm-hmm. interest rates still remain very low. The Federal Reserve, their FOMC minutes uh, this week and the press conference thereafter suggested that the Fed does not see a reason yet to raise interest rates. And generally speaking, until you see them do that in actual fact uh, the liquidity and the party could continue for a while longer so can you talk for a moment I'm glad you brought up the Fed and their impact on the bond market and what we're seeing well the bond market you know they they tend to be the smart money I mean we often talk about the <laughs> equity market but the bond market tends to sniff out, sniff out economics change and excesses uh, before the equity guys do and right now the 10-year yield is well behaved we've got as high as 1.8 percent uh, in late March uh, that caused a little bit of a temper tantrum in the equity markets but we've backed off or trading at about 1.65 despite 
despite the fact that we're seeing lots of inflationary indicators start to, to perk up, like, for example, copper prices, uh, lumber prices, uh, inflation implied expectations and the tips curve. Uh, so investors are starting to see more inflation, but the bond market doesn't seem to be anything more than a temporary phenomenon, which is what Jerome Powell has suggested. Right. Uh, now, so I'm glad you brought that up, too. Our strategy actually does implement some commodity exposure. Can we talk a little bit about that? Well, we've added some exposure to basic materials in our equity income portfolios. Mm-hmm. We have emerging markets exposure. Remember, emerging markets are more leveraged to commodity prices than, than U.S. indexes are. Um, and that's part and parcel because in, in the case of uh, basic materials, there haven't been a lot of new copper mines built. And demand for copper is beginning is really starting to grow. Most people don't know that electric vehicles require a lot more copper uh, than a normal internal combustion engine car. Uh, and there have not been that many mines partly for environmental reasons. So one aspect of the Green Do deal, ironically, is it's causing inflation in some of the commodities that it's that basically they've regulated into more difficult uh, growth trajectories. Okay. Uh, you know, with earnings kicking off, certainly technology is in the headlines. And yet there seems to be a little bit of a rotation away from technology. Would that be accurate? I think you could say describe it that way, or you could just describe it that it was kind of unfulfilled expectations, right? Mm-hmm. All of the companies reported great numbers. Amazon crushed the numbers. Uh, Apple did as well. Uh, Amazon did on Friday, yet none of the stocks actually rallied after the open because essentially they're fully valued and they reflect a lot of optimism. They've had tremendous runs. As an example, in the last two months, Amazon has added $1 trillion in market cap. Think about that. It was, wasn't that long ago that there wasn't a single company in the universe that was at a trillion market cap. And that just reflects discounted fundamentals. And half of that was going to your house, Deanne. Derek <laughs> Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer, Annex Wealth Management. Uh, Deanne Phillips, the Director of Client Learning and Development at CFP and at CDFA. How are you looking for uh, the months and years ahead? Can we help? Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. That starts the process for the free portfolio analysis. We are going to be back. There's a lot more to come. Annex Wealth Management Show right here at 92.5 Fox News. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Brian Fiore, Branch Director at Annex Wealth Management Naples. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Manny. Well, this is the first of a two-part series, 12 Reasons Why You Should Consider a Financial Planner. And we're going to admit, we're a little biased, but for good reason. We work with our clients every single day to demonstrate value and answer the question, Why do I need you? Because times like this, with the market doing really well, the quick assumption is that investing is simple or anybody can do it. The first of these 12 reasons are saving and investing are too important to mess up. Yeah, I think one of the things I really enjoy about what we do is getting to know prospects and clients and what living their best life means, what uh, they like to focus on and what they have expertise in and what they want to do in the future. So, you know, saving and investing is is definitely the formula to help you, you know, reach financial independence and, and stay that way. However, if living your best life is not spending the time and 
doing the education and getting experience to be able to save and invest and meet your financial goals and you like doing other things, which many people do, then that's why you would think about using someone like us. Just like if you had a legal case where you're not an expert and don't have the time or desire to become one, then you use a lawyer or something in the medical field when you have a medical issue, same thing, you use a physician. That's why we're here, and I think there's definitely the uh, the folks who can, who can understand that. Another reason that we're here is the older you get, the fewer do-overs you get. Yeah, I'm a golfer, so uh, the term mulligan is used in golf, but when you're competing and there's a little bit of money on the game, like in life, no one's going to be giving you a mulligan. When you are no longer producing the maybe the higher your higher earnings potential in your life, and you know, you're more using your nest egg to live off of, or or financial independence, and you're doing other things, then you have fewer do-overs to replace if there is a a large drawdown in your investments or nest egg, and you have to use that liquidity, and you know you have to maybe sell some things in your nest egg to do other things, and now you have less for it to recover, you know things like that. And from what I've heard about your golf game, you are not a mulligan guy at all. I heard you're not bad. (laughs) All right. Another reason we're here, many people invest backwards. Brian, what does that mean? I think there's a few phrases that come to to mind when you say that. Um, For example, no one ever went broke taking a profit or winners usually keep winning. So I think what happens is, especially when you're not, you know, when you have other things going on in life, you don't have a consistent way of investing in a plan and you know, using your analysis and plan to make decisions and not just a little bit more emotional or what's going on that day. Folks will maybe take profits because things have gone up, but generally that means the, the business and the operators are actually doing well, outperforming, and usually that continues. So when you take profits early, you, you usually miss out on more. So if there's a systematic way to, to keep in investments based on things you're looking at, usually you'll stay investments longer that are winning. Some folks also want to hold things that go down because they eventually they'll come back. And then some people will say, when they come back, I'll when I break even, I'm going to sell. You know, you're you're basically capping your profit if that's the case. And also, why did it go down? And again, if you have a systematic approach and not day to day emotional approach, you might have reasons to see that the thesis is not the same. And actually, we need to uh, remove ourselves from this investment because the operators are not doing well. And if things go down 50%, then we need to actually make another 100% of our money to get back to where we were. I think that's kind of a few uh, situations that come in when, as far as investing backwards and that type of thing. Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management, Naples, a first of a two-part series, 12 Reasons Why You Should Consider a Financial Planner. Number four, the guys on TV aren't that helpful. Is that like CNBC stirring the pot? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, everybody knows they're on for entertainment purposes and to sell advertising, right? So <laughs> to uh, use them as a great source of knowledge and making decisions is probably not a good idea. Even if there's someone on there that's really uh, doesn't have an agenda and is not talking their book or anything else like that, and they're trying to really help, who's to say you're going to get their opinion when when that thesis changes in weeks or months and you need to hear the other side of it? They're not that helpful. They're not there to be helpful and financial advisors and give you advice. They're there to be entertaining and to make money with advertising. And the last one for this morning, it's number five. You'll be paying at least know how much. Yeah, so there's some regulations that actually help individual investor. A lot of them are so convoluted, you have no idea what's going on. But there's a there's one that makes investment firms produce a client relationship summary form, CRS. So on our website on the bottom of AnnexWealth.com, you, you can find our client relations summary form. And it gives a little bit of actually easy to read information about how we operate. One of the questions is, what fees will I pay as a client? 
So knowing that businesses don't operate for free, it does make sense that if you are a client, you would know what you're paying for and, and how the many w- ways an investment firm might make money and how does that affect you or the conflict of interest of if they own these mutual funds, are they getting recurring revenue from that and would that influence their decision? Things like that. Um, there are some disclosures on websites, on investment firm websites that are really complex, but then this client relationship summary that everybody should look at is actually a little bit easier to read and gives you an idea and then ask the questions of the advisor. Once it's in writing, it's legal. So um, make sure you see it in writing and then you'll understand, you know, where and what you'll be paying and how that affects your relationship. As always, Annex Wealth Management is ready to assist. So if it sounds like a match, we can help with investment and retirement planning, tax planning and estate planning. We're fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Website, Annex wealth.com click that get started button brian fury branch director annex wealth management naples enjoy your sunday thanks for joining us thank you danny i'm actually going to go meet my daughter's boyfriend's parents in a few hours which is going to be interesting so i'll let you know how that goes that meeting oh (laughs) (laughs) that's a big meeting best to you on that one good luck thank you all right should be fun should be. We'll be back. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Here's an understatement. The last 12 months have been a roller coaster, right? Because of the pandemic, most Americans have increased their focus on investment and retirement planning. But what if you haven't taken that all-important first step? Annex Wealth Management can help. We'll create a solid plan for you that includes investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning. It's time to take us up on that free portfolio review. AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary. And we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We are back. It is time for Ask Annex. Got a question for us? Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Just click that Ask button. Todd Voigt is Chief Investment Strategist at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for joining us for Ask Annex. Glad to be here. Dean Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. You got another new title, by the way, or n- another new designation. <laughs> Let, let's celebrate that for a sec. What is that? I did. It's an accredited behavioral finance professional certification, so it really really has everything to do with why people make the investment choices they do. Like, now, you can ask that question any number of ways. Why do you make them the way you do? Right, or, okay. right, right. Well, a lot of it has to do with how we were brought up around money and the little scripts and heuristics that we've developed over time about those quick choices and quick answers. Because, you know, we have two parts of our brain. One thinks really quickly and reflexively, and one is the slower, more methodical cognitive part. Well, congrats. Way to go. Oh, thank All you. right, let's get to Ask Annex. Our first question from John. Todd, we'll give this one to you. Both Mark participation and economic data are surging. What's it mean for equities? First, what is market participation? What's that? Well, you know, I think from the question, it sounds like that market participation has to do with the rally in stocks and the broad participation of retail investors, especially since November. So my take on that is the market and the economic data surging the market generally looks ahead. So you, you have to think of it as two separate parts, market forecasts and expectations and economic forecasts and expectations. They are two different animals. The market, think of it, the market as a barometer of what's going on underneath. So it's the same animal it was 80 years ago, uh, fluctuates based on underlying fundamentals. Those underlying fundamentals are different from one decade to the next. But you can pretty much bet that the market expectations part of, of this is already 
built in, or the economic data forecasts are already built into the, the market expectations. So the market, like I said, looks ahead. Next up is from Sean. Is the 60-40 portfolio even a thing anymore? What do you think he means by that? Oh, yeah, the balance, the traditional balanced portfolio. So when we go back to old school economics and we think about Markowitz, we think about the efficient frontier, you know, and that big curve and where does the portfolio sit in the mix of stocks and bonds, 60-40 was kind of that sweet spot, that balanced portfolio right. for years and years. So a lot of, uh, again, heuristics rules, a lot of that suppositions about going into retirement of having a balanced portfolio uh, certainly survive today, right, Todd? Yeah, and I think the reason why it's called into question is the 40% part. You know, the 60 people can understand the The 60 is the stocks, right? 60 is the stocks, 40 is the bonds. But that 60-40 could be U.S. real estate, international real estate. could be large cap and small cap, that whole, uh, you know, it's just the difference in, in asset classes. But the 40 is referring to bonds. Is it even a thing anymore with rates as low as they are? I would say, well, the, look at it this way. If, if you're not going to be 100% equities or stocks, then the difference is going to have to be in cash bonds unless it's commodity, arts, coins, collectibles, et cetera. Interesting question, kind of a follow-up uh, from Kyle. How many types of fixed income are there? Well, you've got, you know, and that's a really good question because fixed income covers CDs and bonds. Within bonds, you've got really only three basic categories, governments, corporates and municipals and you can throw a fourth in there international and they're all four within the bond part influenced by different factors government strictly by interest rates there's no credit issue corporates by credit and interest rates municipals by state and local municipality and primary influences taxes and interest rates and international is exchange rates number one two is interest rates relative difference in interest rates but you start you see the they all have one thing in common is they're all four affected by interest rates. Right, and they're all uh, about income generation also. So to really mix it up and confuse people, sometimes we put preferred stocks into the fixed income category too, and it it can be about income generation and retirement for sure. Great. And then real quick, a text question. I think this is in reference to when we talked about overseas, certain countries with negative bonds, but it says, why would anyone buy a bond with negative interest? Well, generally wouldn't, but the... You know, when I first saw th- saw this, I thought of inflation index treasury bonds right now, and they're they're actually paying a negative yield to maturity. You know, they do sometimes because they're because of the inflation adjustment factor, but they're actually deeply negative yield to maturity, which means they're overbought. Now, the foreign bonds, if that was the intent, you'd buy them as a U.S. investor because of you expect the euro to strengthen or the yen to strengthen. If we can help, head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. We're going to be right back. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. 
We are back. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button while you're there. Uh, take a look at our webinars. Got a good one coming up on Wednesday. You can find that information at AnnexWealth.com slash events. Deanne, you're kind of running this one. It's donor advice funds know the difference. We're doing it in the morning. We are. First thing in the morning, and I'm running it in conjunction with our in-house estate planning attorney, Jill Martin. And we're going to talk about some gifting strategies um, in light of the new tax laws, potential changes, and things that that people already have a generous spirit and want to uh, capture an additional benefit might want to think about. Well, and they're doing something that's really good. Do they ever feel bad that, well, I don't know, I'm not really doing this for the for the uh, tax advantage, but there is a tax advantage. There is a tax advantage for sure in, in a couple of different strategies. So we're just going to take a little bit in the morning and go over those. Great. We talk often about going to the website, going to the Get Start and clicking that Get Started page and starting the process. Why work with Annex Wealth Management? It's really about the value that Annex Wealth Management brings. Can you guys kind of talk a little bit about the value of an advisor? Absolutely. So so, you know, I always like to say, Derek, that one of the main reason that you hire a wealth manager is to protect you from yourself. Well, right. It's easier to be dispassionate about someone else's money, I suppose, than, <laughs> yeah. than your own. Uh, but, you know, when I think about that, there was a study done recently that was really telling. Uh, Peter Lynch was one of the most successful investors ever. He worked at Fidelity, ran the Magellan Fund from 1977 to 1990. And during that period, he ge- generated an annual compounded return rate of over 29 percent, uh, more than double the rate of return of the S&P 500 during that period. Hmm. But what Fidelity did, they they drilled down and they were really trying to figure out you know how do investors behave even in the context of one of the best performing mutual funds on the planet and what they found was that the average investor in the Magellan fund during that period of time actually lost money that is amazing right when we step back and we think about of course you're talking about a return over time but you know, this has been confirmed recently by a Dahlberg market research firm publishing their findings um, just the middle of last year about how emotional investing is actually causing a financial crisis. And after 25 years of research on why investors underperform the markets, it actually has been proven that the majority of losses, 70% of losses, occur during crisis periods. Because investors exit the market, they miss the recovery that most often follows afterwards, and it really cost them in the long run. Yeah, another way of saying that is they chase performance. Right. They read headlines. They fail to follow the plan that has been carefully laid out if they have a plan at all. And that might be the problem. They that, don't ha- They don't be, have a plan. Right. right. And Derek, I like to call that the grass is always greener in your friend's portfolio. Right. So they don't rebalance when they don't rebalance their equity allocation when equities are hot. They don't add to equities when they're not. And they basically follow the headlines. They go to cash. And then they have that 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 regret situation where if you go to cash and the markets start to rally, you don't want to admit your mistake by buying, and then you can't take it anymore because everybody at a cocktail party is bragging about how much money they made in the market in the last six months, and you feel like you have to participate just as the next correction looms. Yeah, it's called cognitive dissonance in uh, behavioral finance, and it's very, very real because we want to go and, and, and to have confidence in our own choices. If we didn't, then we would be admitting we made a mistake. And, and, and so and behaviorally, think, it's hard. Yeah, and I think most of our listeners, you know, they know they They've either done it themselves or they know other people that have. And, you know, as they often say, wisdom is better translated to the young at an earlier age than it often does. And, mm-hmm. and one way around that is using working with a financial advisor who has the experience and has worked with any number of behavioral mindsets and understands the coaching terms that need to be applied. 
Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I mean, we have a couple of different biases and mistakes that we build in. Some of them are just simply cognitive and mathematical, right? And those are the easiest ones. But some of them are emotional. They have to do with how we were raised, how we were brought up to think about money. And those are very difficult to coach. But a money manager does more than just run the investments, right? They take a look at the goals. They take a look at spending. They take a look at the whole holistic picture. They took a, take a look at where you are and where you want to go and put that together in a financial roadmap. Layer the investments as the way to get there along the way and have a game plan. And that's the financial plan that's so important. Absolutely. And at Annex, you know, we do operate to some degree in silos. I spend most of my time, almost all of my time, focused on generating solid investment ideas with other members of the investment committee. Other people are experts in estate planning, some financial planning. And then we have relationship managers who essentially the quarterbacks who manage the relationship and pull us in when needed. I think it's a good approach and I think it's served our investors very well. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer, Annex Wealth Management, Dean Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA. Let's talk one more time. Donor Advised Fund, know the difference. It happens on Wednesday. It happens at 9.30 in the morning. Kind of an experiment. We had some people say, listen, could you do these in the morning? That's what we're doing. You bet. So we're, we're shooting them out at, at all different times of the day. We've got some others coming up, too. You know, we've got the Women in Wealth Track, Budgeting and Retirement coming up also. Go to our website, AnnexWealth.com, under the Events tab. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. We'll see you in a week. Thank you very much for listening. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.